0: it is to be champions. Oklahoma infinity. Welcome to Through the Keyhole and OU Fan Podcast. I am Peyton Guthrie, your co-host, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only the million dollar man, Alan King.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea where you got a million dollar man <laughs> That's far from it far far from it i'm just trying to pull
0: as many old wwf references as possible i feel like uh, if you're i feel like if you're an, an ou fan you're probably a wrestling fan to some degree
1: uh, oh I yeah think, I, mean, I think I know, the venn diagram
0: circle would fit right. pretty closely oh,
1: i mean i was there for the heyday of ted dibiase
0: so yeah and i'm with you yeah i mean everyone has the price <laughs> And uh, at our price, uh, you can find out on patreon.com slash through the gill, my friends, that is called a million dollar segue. <laughs> you can support you can support uh, Alan and myself um, for $1. You can get the scribe level, which is all of our written content uh, and access anything that we post written, uh, like our uh, Yahoo pick that we have going on and a Monday kind of breakdown post. And then for $4, you get everything which is a uh, multiple weeks uh, a podcast. We have a Kent State podcast coming up, kind of breaking down the ins and outs of that football team, which OU will be playing this weekend, and um, all the other stuff that we have there. And Cording, uh trying not to suck picks by uh, <laughs> Alan and his brother, uh, giving you maybe shaky betting advice. I mean, how did you do uh, last well, week? Well,
1: I, I went three and two, so, you know, you're making money. but In the money. Uh, Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things where yeah, – I, I think, uh, skinny went to, he went, he actually pushed one. So he was two and a half out of five. So, uh, losing money there, but no, for the most part, uh, you know, I think we'll be okay.
0: You guys heard it here first for $4 a month. You can be in the money. <laughs> Get your sharp picks. Uh, one voice you do not hear is Matt Burton our producer. He is out, uh, doing the flagship job. I believe, uh, working on the franchise, uh, tonight, um, they're they're getting back into football season themselves. They got a lot of stuff going on, uh, and then once actual basketball season rolls around, it's going to be harder and harder to get him going. But as always, he supports us with all of our production and broadcast needs um, using his own personal stuff. If anyone from the franchise is listening, <laughs> uh, but we're going to kind of talk about uh, a little bit about the game that just happened uh, last weekend. We have our post game our uh, post game podcast, which is uh, behind the Patreon wall, so you can hear our unfiltered. Thoughts and concerns about OU football and how they played against UTEP, but for the public feed, which is brought to you by Vanessa House uh, Brewery down in uh, Automotive Valley in Oklahoma City, uh, which we would try to be there after every home game. I'm getting all the plugs in the first three minutes. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, what 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 was your general like general recap of the of the game on uh, your clean version, your censored version uh, of the <laughs> game? Per, 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 what was it called? Like Parent uh, Advisory. Uh, mm-hmm. Parental advisory, what's what's your general recap about UTEP and what you think going forward?
1: Oh, you know, it was actually pretty clean on uh, Sunday when Matt and I talked because there wasn't a whole lot to complain about. I thought that for the most part, um, OU looked, you know, they just played very sharp. Uh, Obviously, there are things that, uh, you know, kind of stood out that you'd want to clean up, but I didn't see many, uh, glaring errors. And on top of that, you know, they played with, the, uh, you know, you, you hate to, sometimes you're projecting, you know what I mean? When you're yeah. watching stuff on TV and what have you as to what, but it certainly did seem like there was, uh, more enthusiasm and energy, uh, both out on the field and on the sidelines. And I guess it sounds like in the stadium, you know, obviously I wasn't there. Um, now that's, you know, the, you have a new coach coaching his first game at uh, at OU, so of course that's kind of going to be you know par for the course. But it, it was just it, the team has a different personality under Brent Venables than it did under um, Lincoln Riley. I think that's maybe my biggest takeaway.
0: That does seem to be the general takeaway. I mean, just you your word you fed it right to me. That's my general thoughts about it as well. I mean, there wasn't much to really. Write home about other than maybe just kind of seeing where there may be some physical limitations of the team. In my mm-hmm. opinion, like I wrote on Monday, just breaking down what I thought about the offense. Um, the one level of concern I have at this point in time, and it's really not even that much of concern. is just like the running back potential to be more than what it is. I guess if that mm-hmm. really makes sense. Like Eric Gray had over 100 yards. Uh, Marcus Major had two touchdowns. Uh, I think Jontae Barnes averaged. Six almost seven yards of carry, all things that you would want to say, yes, this is fantastic. But when I watch it and I see the highlights and stuff, you see Eric Gray kind of getting caught, you see people getting angles all in pretty easily, or maybe he's kind of like reading the whole just slightly wrong. Um, it doesn't make me think those that group is like it, it's not a strength of the offense, like the offensive line is going to allow them, the scheme is going to allow them to gobble up some yards and tempo. I just, excuse me. <clears throat> I just don't know if uh, if those those two starters have like the highest potential ceiling if it comes down to where OU is needing someone to make a play or needing someone to kind of move itself. Um, and I thought generally the same way about the wide receivers, unless your names was Mims or uh, or I guess Willis at that point in time. But uh, <laughs> uh, but some of that could have easily just been the game itself. It, UTEP has no way, shape, or form, any way, shape in this game whatsoever. I know you kind of roll them over just by pure talent. There's only so much you can take away from it. But I think that's my only one cause of concern uh, as they roll and start trying to roll into conference play or anything. I mean, do you think I'm being too critical? Uh, I mean, I'm hammered on that, but (laughs) (laughs) think I'm being too critical about uh, Eric Gray and Marcus? I don't think so.
1: Um, you know, I was, you know, pretty happy with uh the way uh, the Brainbacks performed on Sunday. That was kind of before I'd had a chance to really get back and look at it. And the more I looked at, I kind of start I, I I share a lot of your concerns, um, in the sense that. Like, you know, Gray has uh, some really nice shakes. Like, you know, I mean, once he, especially once he gets through the hole, you know, I yeah. mean, he's, he can, but uh, the explosiveness in terms of his athleticism isn't really there. Um, You know, good receiver, obviously out of the backfield. And I like, I, I like the way major delivers hits, you know, when he's carrying the ball. But again, it's a similar thing. Like he's not a kind of back. That's just going to run away from you um you know barnes has the most uh you know just kind of juice it seems like when he has the ball in his hands Uh, you know but he's uh, i mean that that fumble is not (laughs) not gonna win him uh you know any uh any favor doing many favors i don't know i think the running game for this team can be a lot like um if you go all the way back to 2003 oklahoma you know a team that uh was just plowing through people in the regular season and uh, ended up losing the national championship game to LSU, but they didn't have a, a very, you know, explosive running game by any stretch. Kiwan Jones, I think was the yeah. featured runner on that team. Um, So, but you know, I mean, he was able to kind of do enough Uh, you know, it, it was, it didn't take long for him to get supplanted the next year by Adrian Peterson, but like insert running back here and you'd have the same issue, you know, yeah. Um I I look at these backs as being probably uh, a bit a bit better than uh, Keywan Jones, but you know certainly not of the level that we've seen like in the last decade
0: uh, at OU. Yeah, you're even better than I am. I, I said they were Brennan and Clay uh, level mm-hmm. running backs. Uh, you know, yeah. someone who's going to get you close to a thousand yards, but not someone who's going. I mean, they're not Demarco, obviously not Samaje, not you know Mixon. Mm-hmm. Where it's, they're going to manufacture their own yards after contact or something. And like Marcus Major, big power back and he does deliver blows, but he doesn't really make it much further after he makes contact usually. Mm-hmm. Uh and Dorote Barnes, yeah, he does pop off the screen, but he needs yeah. to stop trying to bury his head into that's yeah <laughs> into that's somebody's just chest. Like, for just trouble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I get it, he's he's used to I mean, he's used to high school being able to just like blow his shoulder and just run over a dude. But even these lower rank guys are going to be I don't know just physically bigger. <laughs> right.
1: Right. You know, I mean I think the other thing too though that, you know, I, I listened to a lot of the other breakdowns too and read. Um and, you know, I went back and watched the offensive line and I do think there were more problems there than uh you would have you would have wanted to see. Um you know I think that and there were a couple times where like Guyton was just like completely spun around, you know, or, yeah. uh, I think, you know, and, and, uh, McKay Matower, I heard that I heard Gabe, I su- you know, suggesting that something he's probably is wrong with him physically, that he's, he's injured or something. I, I really don't know, but uh, he seemed to be getting knocked back a lot. Um, so that, that caused problems on the, on that left side of the line. Now you get, you know, wanting e. Morris back. Uh, you can get Anton Harrison playing back in his natural position there on the left side. Maybe everything goes back to normal. um, but just you know that part of it was a, I guess a little disappointing in retrospect. it didn't it didn't hurt him here, but down the line, it certainly could,
0: yeah, I mean. It- The offense averaged 8.1 yards uh, a play, and only defense gave up 3.9 a play. uh, Only gave up, I think, three tackles for loss total. I mean, so, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, they kind of got pushed around, but there wasn't a lot of, like, stopping. I think the only real issues OU has is they kind of fell asleep at the wheel to a certain degree once they got up and then kind of had to get their way back into it, which kind of made me kind of think, well, maybe they haven't maybe the whole new culture thing hasn't fully bought in. They've <laughs> yeah. kind of taken a nap around the same time they usually do. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but this time they're actually able to correct it, put the foot back on the gas and, and just completely separate uh again once once UTEP was allowed to get a little close. Um but yeah, I mean, Ye, you need to have him back. I mean, it'd be nice. We're under the assumption he's not playing for Kent State, correct? that's my assumption just based on um all the reporting out there anything i've heard it would be nice to have him back for nebraska not for nebraska's sake to be honest with you but to have him at least get some game snaps before kansas state i mean that's they're going to be one of the better fronts ou plays in the big 12 yeah it's going to be a bit rough if that's like his first real game action for 2022 to so come back at that point in time um anything else anything else um uh, i did see something that uh uh, Parker of uh, Stat Awards on Twitter had said um, said teams playing FCS teams like OU playing UTEP. Um, no, well, well, UTEP,
1: UTEP is still yeah, FCS, they're not but, they're but, Oh my they're, bad. They're well they're similar they're the type bottom, of thing. Yeah, yes. I mean they're probably like in SB+, plus they're probably like
0: in the bottom twenty five. Similar type of thing. Uh, basically, you should be fair catching everything. You should be you know kneeling. I mean you should you should basically set it up to where. This is basically a scrimmage to a certain degree. Like getting long punt returns, getting long kickoff returns, isn't necessarily helping you.
1: <laughs> it's, it's kind a fair, of like yeah.
0: disguising something. Like how if you look at Texas, they did really, really well. But if you remove their, yeah, blocked you know, a, they p- blocked block a punt, punt I think. and some some fumbles, they stuff, might have even blocked punt two. Returns, yeah, yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, it doesn't look all too good. You know, like they only averaged six yards a play. They gave up, I think, over four yards a play. I believe. Uh, so it doesn't look too good once you remove all the oh we're just a better team of better athletes
1: <laughs> yeah 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 that's what i always think that when i when i watch a team playing you know somebody they're blowing out and they return a punt or whatever For it's like look you, this is yeah it's just an indicator that they have more athleticism
0: than it is anything about the team specifically you know uh, around the rest of the world of college football, what what's what are some scores that popped out of you? Like some top tens uh, that you think, well, okay, you did not see that coming, or maybe even uh, things that you found interesting as we kind of walk through the through the, well, the season.
1: Right. I mean, everybody's talking about Georgia. I don't think I have to belabor yeah. that too much. Um, I thought that I thought that Oregon could at least keep that within the seventeen and a half, um, mm-hmm. simply because uh you know just they they had enough talent there but uh georgia the story there is you know was how good the offense looked um you know todd munkin has you know taken that to a different level uh it looks like um i thought uh let's see here you know a couple games i didn't have a chance to talk with matt about since they were taking place late you know uh florida state lsu um uh, the LSU thing, I still think that Brian Kelly will end up doing fairly well there. I mean, he's just too good of a coach. Uh, but they've got problems right now, obviously. The uh, you know you can kind of get away with some of the stuff they were doing offensively with Jaden Daniels scrambling there against a team like Florida State. But you know, like let's say they have A and M or Alabama that that front there, I, it's going to be a little different of a different story there. I eventually I kind of think that Garrett Nussmeyer will end up winning that job. Um, I don't know what Mike and was doing that game either. Uh, the, the uh, pitch on they are down the goal line when they're taking it into uh seal the game and fumble uh, it, it, Why in the world you'd put your team in that position is just dumbfounding to me. Um, but you know, fun win for Florida state who you know, I mean, Seminoles haven't had many of those. Um, and then last night, uh the Clemson game, that was such a bizarre well, I'm I mean it's another situation, right? I mean they they what they blocked two punts, right? Yes. Uh, you know, I mean I don't know what's going on there. I feel like, you know, you can either say that the quarterback, you know, is the is the problem there, more so than the offensive line, or it's the offensive line than the quarterback. It kind of doesn't matter. They're both problems. Um, but Again, like I don't know how many teams on their schedule are gonna are gonna be able to really test them. Um, just I've, I with the way that defense looks right now, I mean they haven't really missed a beat.
0: Yeah, I know. I know the the darling pick was for NC State to really test them, but didn't they just like almost give it away or yeah, last second they, type of thing? Yeah, the
1: East Carolina missed an extra point uh, that would have tied the game late. Uh, and then missed a field goal, very makeable field goal. Mm-hmm. There, it was a rough day for that kicker. Uh, yeah. So yeah.
0: Yeah, man, I mean, I'll echo the uh, the Georgia Oregon thing. I, I thought Georgia would win pretty comfortably. Like I said, within seven, you know, that seventeen was still a big number because I mean, Oregon is talented. They do have talent. Yeah. They do have NFL players on their football team. Uh, the the reason why I thought it would would be a, I mean, I thought it would be kind of a low-scoring affair to a certain degree. I Mm -hmm. thought it would be kind of a struggle for Georgia to get to 30. I mean, you have NFL players on the Oregon defense. Lanning kind of knows what's coming. He's a good defensive coordinator. And then they just get dog-walked at a level uh, I didn't see coming. And they're the opposite. Like, if you look at the Bill Conley's SP Plus ranking, it kind of shows why Oregon fell from 24th to 49th. Those weren't. Luke scores. Those were no. seven scores of sustained drives down the field. Uh, yeah. This they just yeah. did whatever they wanted to do to Oregon, and Oregon had nothing. And maybe that's what you get for hooking onto the Bow Nicks hype train. Uh yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it seemed like the Pac-12 is playing a I mean, just a Pac-12 entire. I mean, there's already, you know, the, the Twitter of buzz is there goes the Pac-12's big 12 uh, – sorry, uh, playoff chances. Like, uh, I know it's yeah, early, yeah, but yeah. Utah beating beat, uh, Oregon getting beat, who you figured would do well, USC's defense. Again, they're another team. It looks great, 66 points, but three pick-sixes. Uh, yeah. Rice not knowing how to handle anything, but they ran the ball kind of whenever and however they wanted to. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of comes out of that. It seems like a bunch of half teams in the Pac-12. Uh, yeah i mean like a solid verbal term
1: you know what though like i don't know i mean this whole deal about like oh teams are already eliminated from whatever like everybody needs to stop that because the thing is is that you know people will be like oh well can one this team get in with one loss you know and they're asking this in may like who (laughs) knows like we have to wait and see what everybody else does is Trust me, if Utah wins the rest of its games and finishes the season after the conference championship at 12 and one, they're going to have a very good shot at getting in there. Trust me on this. Oregon, even with the, as bad as that loss is, there's a, still a chance if they're at 12 and one late in the season, they'll have a pretty good chance. The thing is, what based on what we saw this weekend. I'm not so sure that either of those teams have a very good chance of making it to, you know, having to being in that range record wise by the time they get to the end
0: of the season. Uh, Yeah, I think that's kind of, in my opinion, that's kind of the reflection of it is right. You look at Oregon, how they just got stomped around there, and that kind of has a a feeling of that A&M year but i think mm. a had two losses but it's like you just got completely blown out by alabama we're not putting you right back in that game yeah <laughs> it's like it's just yeah, not exactly. gonna happen yeah. uh, but i think utah could i don't know if they're gonna run the table but i think you know nine to ten wins a pac-12 championship is still well within the, the, the yeah. realm of that football team it's still the same football team cam is still this the second best first you know maybe first uh most uh Best quarterback in the Pac-12 has offer depending on how you think about sophomore, true sophomore Caleb uh, Williams. Yeah, uh, no, Caleb Williams is better. <laughs> <Okay>. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to give, I'm trying to give the, I'm trying to give our fans <laughs> the chance to do something. Uh, if, if no one watches you play the game because it's too hot, does it count? <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, uh, the uh, I think the one game you didn't mention is a game I thought was kind of compelling for recruiting reasons: uh, Ohio State versus Notre Dame. A lot closer than it should have been for a long time, in my opinion. Uh, Notre Dame kind of got out, outclassed late as the game went on, uh, but Notre Dame under, um, they covered, did they not?
1: Yeah, they did. They did. That was uh, uh, 17 and a half,
0: I think, is where it went off uh, game time. And I don't know, if, I mean, d- does a game like that give you any pause of concern for if you're an Ohio State fan thinking, oh, if there's a team that's big on the defensive front, a.k.a. Michigan, <laughs> and mm-hmm. can run the ball really hard, it seems like it's the Ryan Day's kryptonite. And it's kind of a certain degree to any offensive coordinator to, it seems mm-hmm. that way, head you know elevate the head coach, kryptonite. Strong yeah. defensive line, strong running game, and you can right. bully ball them out of existence. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, I looked at that. I think uh, – Well, first of all, like they were really out of sync with Jackson Smith and Jigba going down early. um, Yes. Not having him. And then uh, the other guy Fleming um, uh, and, you know, to be fair, I guess the flip of what you have your point about the Notre Dame. I mean, Ohio state's defense looked much improved from last year, um, especially there in the second half, Matt. And I talked a little bit about that, about how it seems like Jim Knowles kind of does the halftime adjustments thing better than a lot of other coaches. Uh, out there but like i don't know i mean i guess the one thing about it is like notre dame still look to me just looks so like pedestrian and blah on offense yeah that like i mean i think that they had a, I think they had a solid game plan against against ohio state i just um I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really take much away. I can't say that my feelings necessarily changed that much about either team uh, in respect, but you know, it's the kind of thing where I just felt like watching it. I mean, Notre Dame was doing anything they could to move the ball and they just didn't have anything that could really challenge Ohio state. So at the, at the end of the day, it was just kind of waiting for the dam to break, you know?
0: Now moving on, uh, we talked about a little bit there. Anything that stood out from the uh, the Big Twelve? Uh, OSU's defense. <laughs> now, a lot of that was obviously twenty two points in the fourth quarter. So, what are you going to do there? The game was over to a certain degree, but uh, they really tried to make that game not over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really yeah.
0: late. Uh, I think that's the only thing that really stood out. I think everyone else kind of played some tomato cans. I mean, TCU played a real football team uh, and, mm-hmm. and tried to you know struggle themselves out of that but yeah, is I thought OSU the, already it's, is the, it's the halcyon days of big offense for you back, but coupled immediately with the worst defense they've ever had in a while.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, this is kind of one of those things where you, you know, you always need to take into account, Hey guys, it's like, it's week one. Uh, and I don't mean that in the sense that, Oh, you know, we don't like, you know, OSU will get better necessarily. What I'm saying is, is like, we don't know if central Michigan is really good. That's true for an F for a a power, pardon me, a G five team, or if uh, you know this is a real sign of of things to come. I kind of had that same impression with watching uh, West Virginia and Pitt, um, which was a great game, fun to watch. I'm just not sure if either of those teams are going to end up having particularly strong seasons, or you know, I I mean, because you you just don't know. Um, I but I thought I think. For me, the story in the Big 12 was basically like I thought all the teams looked sharp. Uh, for the, I mean, I can't say I can't think of one. I mean, TCU was had took a while to get going, but that would be the only one. And then you mentioned the problems Oklahoma State kind of, but like they were beating a lot of teams that they should have beat badly, and that's the way you're supposed to do it. That's that's a good that's a good sign I think if you're for the in terms of the strength of the conference.
0: Yeah. And the big, and the big 12 isn't used. I mean, they've lost these games before. Like Iowa state has lost this game before Kansas mm. loses this game usually. So being able to get up and win that that's, it's good for the conference in which hopefully when we, like, I, I probably after this year, we don't have to talk about the big 12 conference anymore, <laughs> uh, but it is what it is. Uh, a thing that just popped in my mind is that uh Brady, the founder it's a podcast, I can say that, Uh has His his pet theory is that oh, OU beats LSU in 2003 if Quentin Griffin isn't forced to burn his red shirt in 99 and that he is at that point in time the starting running back in 2003. Yeah, uh, I think Brady might have a point, or I think the founder might have a point there. Yeah, uh, That's the point I've had there. Uh, guys, if you think that's right or wrong, email us at sports at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> I know I was talking to my friend Trevor about it. Uh, and his thing is, like, the offensive line was at a point it wouldn't really have mattered uh, <laughs> to a certain <laughs> degree. Uh, and, and also just a, a broken quarterback. He still thinks if if uh, the backup quarterback, Thompson, I believe, no, it was at, Thompson that that, time, yeah, at that point in time. It's like if he would have played, OU would have won uh, just because the quarterback was too so beat up, so banged up. White was, just like, broken at that point in time. It was, like, half of a quarterback.
1: Well, I can tell you from being in the Superdome that night that uh, that same opinion was shared by many people in the men's room at halftime. <laughs> <so>. Breaking
0: news <laughs> for the Superdome restroom. Uh, moving on from the that that uh, local hit thing, uh, Brent Venables did have his presser, did talk about stuff. Uh, I don't find his press conferences all too informative at this point in time, but he did mention that 1A is dealing with some off the field issues. Um, if you are per, uh, you know, if you are a surveyor of certain um, uh, police uh, radar sites or whatever, you'd know that it seems to be someone forgot to pay the rent. It seems, and that seems to be. The yeah, thing. <laughs> this
1: might be a different thing than that, though.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, you can uh, join a you can join a pay board and figure out what was happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it does seem to be just uh going on is going on. I don't think there's much there. He talked about some bank, uh, some people being banged up and nicked up. There was a lot of questions about tempo and maybe team the, the defense getting tired or something. It seemed like the reporter, it seemed like the the press really wanted to give OU defense kind of a, a mulligan mm. <laughs> for uh, for how maybe uh, it kind of handled itself in the mid part of the game. Uh, Brent was having nothing to do with that. Talked about our jobs to get stops. Period. OU should lead the nation in three and outs is there anything to the pace thing, the tempo thing? Is that Brent just being talked, you know, puffing his chest out, giving some coach speak? Or do you think that that tempo thing is something we're going to have to kind of always deal with com- when you try to cu- couple these two uh, styles together?
1: Yeah. You know, gosh, this is, that's a philosophical question. Because I know. like the way I, I think that one, I mean, I think if you have to, if you have to play that tempo in order to be efficient or in order to, uh, score, that's going to end up being a problem down the line. Um, but if you, if you can, if you're still, if, if it's more a matter of kind of, uh, what would be the way way to say this, you know, kind of like icing on the cake playing at that tempo, then, then you're fine. Um, but for the D, de- you know, in terms of helping out the defense, I don't, I don't know. I think it seems to me like your, your defense still has to just get stops anyway. Like I don't, I've never, I've never really bought into that necessarily. I think that there's some data that suggests like once a team, I can't remember. I don't know if it's like when you're trying to pair your offense and your defense, if your offense gets to 85 plays, that's when it's it starts to somehow impact your defense or if it's the defense is seeing 85 plays. I think it's that the A5 plays is kind of so the the faster you score, the quicker you score, the quicker your temper, or give the ball back, the more opportunities the other team's gonna have for other for more plays. So I guess that's one thing to keep in mind. But like I don't know, I I feel like a defense should still be able to um you know still be able to hold its own, especially when you consider like Oh, you was rotating a ton. Uh so, you know, you expect the performance to dip a little bit when you've got like, you know, the second string cornerbacks in, for example, but I mean, you still should be able to get stops. I don't know. I I don't I also just didn't think it was that big of an issue. Like, you know, if the biggest problem that OU has is that a team might get 10 points on two drives because of two three and outs, two fast three and outs. I don't think that's necessarily a huge problem,
0: you know? Yeah, I mean it's just it's I'll echo. I'll echo what you said there. I mean, I, and I believe it too. If the gimmick becomes the strength, then that's an issue. Yeah. You know, if the gimmick is why the offense works instead of the players and the scheme, that you know that is the issue. I mean, you're going to run into that. the The, the problem with the bear raid, I'll say the problem, is that the gimmick and the scheme are kind of co- coupled together. Like I don't yeah. know if you can run that scheme slow. <laughs> if that. Yeah. So no, I don't think. Yeah. It, it, it's comparable now. OU could slow down and lean more into the RPO style of things, uh, and, and see what could happen if they, have, if they have to if they have to take some measured approaches. But I do want to see what happens with this team when they play Nebraska, when they play Kansas State, and the opposite side says, "UTEP," did, and then UTEP tried this a little bit. It was like we're just going to bleed this clock, you know, mm-hmm. to a certain degree. We're going to snap the ball for one second to go. We're going to see if we can c- cause you to panic because you yeah. to not play that way credit to Lebby, he didn't he kept playing the way he played um uh, and the thing is these are probably a, a, a normal amount of three and outs oh you had it mm-hmm. always just feels worse when it happens in nine seconds <laughs> yeah exactly no exactly
1: but you know and the flip side of that too is you know oh you was up 21 nothing within eight minutes of game time yeah. because <laughs> yes they were playing so fast and the defense was getting three and out so it you know it it snowballed on the other team too right yeah you know i mean it, there's a yin and yang there but you, yeah you're right about that now the other thing the, like and i mentioned this with matt too is like generally utep's offense is so boomer bust i mean we were talking about this last week uh, you know they oh you clearly played to prevent the uh those deep the, the again, those deep shots i mean they they have a schematic game plan they weren't just kind of running out there and, and testing stuff out you know uh so i think that that also kind of contributed to giving utep opportunities especially with their quick game to hold on to the
0: ball and you know take take you know those kind of time consuming drives yeah, I mean, OU being a, as disruptive as they were, I believe it was six sacks. Uh, Grimes had 2.5. I mean, yeah. if, if he keeps up that type of production, there's going to be uh, <laughs> yeah. a different name on, on the top of the record books for uh, Oklahoma. I do not expect him to get two and a yeah. half sacks every game. But if if OU can get six sacks a game, again, that would be just amazing. Yeah. Uh, you can just tell the type of pressure. I would love, I, I'm, I'm really excited or at least interested to see what OU's Havoc numbers are about like mid-season or something like mm-hmm. that I was like okay they've played a couple of big 12 teams and they're all their whole non-con where's this whole thing kind of kind of started shaking out uh now we're going to move ahead to kent state another uh basically another tomato can for ou to mm-hmm. stack up and knock down uh kent state just played a washington uh they're they're at, i believe they've got three paycheck games uh this year do they, they, play yeah, they as have as well? Yeah, they, they
1: have Washington, Oklahoma, and Georgia. I think they have, you know, some FCS team maybe in mm-hmm. between Oklahoma and Georgia now. But yeah, that's uh
0: rough. And that is uh it's rough. And it may like, were they courting this? <laughs> we're like, does anybody need a win? We've got you. <laughs> Come on down. Uh but they'll be traveling to Norman. Uh, a late night kick. It'll be on ESPN+, Plus, right? The Sooner Vision? Yes, yes, that's correct. Uh, so if your grandpa needs trouble with it, Matt does know how to hook it up. <laughs> <laughs> he can show you how to do it. I, as someone who's now watched a few of those games, uh, watched some of the older stuff, it can be a little tricky about where to find Sooner Vision, but it's not that difficult. Uh, I'll be at the game having some fun. Uh, but Kent State does seem just like another kind of pushover team. Um, we will be talking to a, a Kent State blogger to kind of talk about players we should be aware of so no so maybe you can start gauging the OU performance against those certain types of players who think could be all conference Mac players or something um what what's the line here is it 32 and a half
1: uh yeah it's
0: uh it's, it's in the low 30s low 30s I've got um I'm on sports data com. says yeah it says it's 32 and a half if you were to add up the SP plus uh SP plus OU favorite by 38.8 uh are you laying the points
1: <laughs> i mean i goodness not i mean i i don't think so uh just i mean you know i i i see it probably coming in uh under that if i had to guess you know but that's mainly because you know i mean kent state is uh, they had a i mean their quarterback isn't terrible and uh I think they got they've got one really good receiver, uh Cephas is his last name. Dante, maybe Dante Cephas, I think that's right. Yes, Dante Cephas, I got it. Um, and that's the kind of thing, man. It oh, just wow. seems yeah. like, you know, he could he could snap off a few big plays against OU. Uh, but they're also, I believe they're kind of haven't, like, I mean, since they had to go to Washington last week, um, I think they're stopped maybe in Tulsa.
0: Is that where they, yeah. yeah, They're they're using union uh, as as their sports facility. So I guess
1: that's one thing that, that can be one kind of thing where, you know, you go through that kind of experience and you're just ready to get home and get out of there. And it's just not a very conducive game. I mean, I I honestly don't know what to expect here. I don't have a strong feeling on the line, but I, if, if OU doesn't win, I'll be very concerned. How about that? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, truly, truly, truly. Uh, I have a hard time looking at those big numbers and thinking, "Oh man, like, do I really want to say yes to this?" Uh, but there shouldn't be a reason why OU doesn't cover. I mean, if, if, in my opinion, like you said, they've been home, they've been away from home for now two, like two mm-hmm. weeks now. They're they're practicing at a high school, a very good high school. Union is a very very well funded <laughs> school. I mean, yeah, I'm, sure, oh yeah. I'm sure those yeah. facilities are really well, uh, and, and maybe somewhat comparable to what Kent State normally deals with. Uh, I mean, but Washington beats them by tw- uh, 25. I don't have the greatest upsell on Washington as a football program this year. Uh, and I watch. Cool I mean, I
1: watched a little of it. I mean. Like I said, their quarterback was throwing it around a lot. Uh, uh, Kent State's quarterback, that is. But Washington, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't really a competitive game. So,
0: yeah. Uh, speaking of how OU played against UTEP, I think they probably have a – I'm going to say OU covers here because great teams cover. Uh, <laughs> OU will take care of it. OU is going to be there. That's guaranteed money. Uh, easy. You, you you bet 100 to win. Ten dollars or something.
1: Uh,
0: I'm not for sure. I, I suck at understanding how betting works, and that's probably a really good thing for my uh, livelihood. um I, I just don't really see. It. It's hard for me to get like overly passionate about the game. I think it would be interesting to see how OU handles Dante. I see here he had six catches for 105, average 17.5 yards a catch, uh, and their second best guy, uh Walker, four catches for 56 and a touchdown, and a tutty i think the kids call him call him <sighs> now which is disgusting but uh yeah trying that to keep
1: up that, one and, that one and that one in natty for national change like we need to do away with those yeah like,
0: it's gotta stop gotta get at all costs oh it's a touchdown i mean well i'm not saying being full just do full you know uh lt uh, and just hand the ball to the referee <laughs>
1: yeah. walk away.
0: Uh, but not tutty that that's a yeah. strange one in my fine. yeah uh um, but yeah, I mean, it will be interesting to see how OU handles this. I do think, I mean, there were some gaps to be had for UTEP in the passing game. I mean, OU was kind of playing some cloud coverage stuff there. Mm-hmm. There was some, uh, you know, some missed stuff, and it kind of made you think, "Oh yeah, I forgot half the secondary I hated last year." <laughs> <laughs> it did. They didn't become different football players overnight. The scheme changed, but they are still kind of who they are. Like Jaden Davis made a really good read on the on that swing pass and like you know it was tackle for loss and everything. But there's still Justin Broyles out there. You know, there's still other guys out there uh, running around in space. You know, Sean White's still having to cover a bunch of space. Um, so I think this could be a a decent little precursor for a, a Big 12 conference that's kind of going back in time, uh, you know, and starting to air it out a lot more. So this could be actually pretty good for OU to win by 30, but also see a lot of schematic things they're going to be seeing in conference uh, coming soon with, you know, Oklahoma State embracing it, TCU embracing it back again, Texas getting more and more, I guess, talented, but I don't know if it, they're still a better football team than they were last year. Um, you know, Ewers just kind of missing on some deep shots, but again, they just kind of rolled through it. Uh, I think this could be a pretty good dress rehearsal, much more than what UTEP was, uh, but a pretty good dress rehearsal for OU kind of moving forward. Um, yeah
1: oh yeah i think that i mean of course it'll be uh, that kind of thing You definitely stuff
0: to watch for that uh now we're down to score predictions what is your score prediction so i can write it down so when I, I can lord this over you because i was <laughs> uh, who was closest last week i oh, i
1: think i was pretty close i had 42 to 10 if i remember correctly yes
0: you did so yeah you had i had 56 to 13 and i think mad 55 to 10
1: yeah, so I was only off by
0: uh, what six points total. So yeah, yeah. if OU um, would have just scored another touchdown, <laughs> they did it just to hurt me.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was all about you. Um, <laughs> I in this one, I'm going to take OU. Let's say forty-two uh, to forty-two to maybe seventeen.
0: Forty-two seventeen. I'm going to say uh. 38 10 does not uh even though i said they'd cover i think OU probably has it wrapped up a little earlier and tries to just run the ball and get out get out of the dodge after it's now over the yeah
1: now the one thing to keep in mind here is the over under 71 so that's pointing Ooh. at a, a yeah that's pointing at
0: both teams to maybe scoring more so we'll keep that in mind i guess yeah uh and then also guys uh for the last thing here we're wrapping up um our, our, our glorious benefactor and also co-host Alan Kinney has decided to donate two tickets to the uh, through the Keyhole Patreon. Uh, we will be doing a raffle type situation that uh, will uh, display the winners on October one. That's what we've decided. And, uh, those are year.
1: those are two those are two tickets to the OU Texas game. I don't OU Texas. I don't sorry. think Peyton mentioned that part of it. Not so. mentioning
0: that game <laughs> at all. No, sorry. Red Red River rivalry. Yeah. Uh, OU Texas in Dallas in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, two tickets, uh, to see that game. Uh, if you are a patron by October one, uh, at October one, we'll take everyone out and then we'll assign a number, hit the number random generator. That person will get two tickets to the OU Texas game, uh, Red River, how, whatever you want to call it. I like calling it Red River. Um, so join in. It's just $4 a month. The worst, the worst you've done is you toss in $4 for a chance to get two good tickets. Uh, or you like us and you hang around and uh, you have some fun with us. Uh, but I wanted to say that here for the three or four people who, who made it this far. Uh, <laughs> and we'll also be putting a, a, a post on our social and stuff, but uh, we appreciate it. Uh, I think we've plugged everything we can plug. Um, we don't have any really cool sponsors besides Vanessa house. Um, other people could be sponsors. Um, hymns if you'd like to help me get my hair back, um, <laughs> we'd love to have a sponsorship. No, uh, uh, did did i miss anything alan i don't think so uh it's gonna be up to you to take us out tonight okay so one and the one and last thing that we always do channeling our inner uh billy sims
1: boomer